Hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Moving Up the Ladder, a show that gives you some knowledge and insight into the success of your career or business, no matter what part of the employment spectrum you fall on. With LocalJobNetwork.com Radio, I'm your host, Tim Muma. We have somewhat of a backward approach for this show today, looking to help you avoid from falling down the ladder, so to speak. And with that in mind, we're examining the warning signs your job might be in danger, the words and actions at the workplace that could signal trouble for your current employment, Ted Jenkin, co-CEO of Oxygen Financial, is joining us from Georgia to give us an insider's perspective. Ted, thanks for coming on today. Yeah, thanks for having me. First of all, just to give people an idea of where you're coming from, your experience, uh, what you do, if you could describe um, just your position and what your company does. Yeah, um, well, the company I have today is Oxygen Financial. We are a financial services company for the X and Y generation. We do everything from wealth management, insurance, taxes, and employee benefits. But before this, I spent 17 years at American Express, then turned Ameriprise Financial, most of my time in executive leadership, managing about 1,000 people. So from what you've seen and heard then in your experience, how much do you feel, do you see, do you hear that employees think about this idea of their potential layoff situation or even getting fired? You know, I think it depends on whether you work for a small company or a large company. And I own a smaller one and I work for a large one. At a large company, you really need to take a look at the direction of what's happening with the stock and really paying attention to what the analysts are telling Wall Street about the company. Hmm. Obviously, if the companies continue to miss earnings or you're finding your particular division is behind on their profit or losses, You've got to pay really close attention because if your division becomes irrelevant or your division is behind, that's where you could see potential layoffs. And not enough employees pay attention to what's happening inside of their company. They tend to just focus on their job. Right. Smaller companies, you can be a little bit more visible. You can clearly see whether the company is growing, staying the same, or declining. And usually you can be much more visible within a small organization. You usually have a better idea about where your job stability is uh, on a day-to-day basis. And this obviously could apply to either large or small. With these employees that maybe have this this fear or concern of job loss, in what ways do you think it can negatively impact them or in some ways positively? Well, you know, you throw that both sides of the coin. You know, when people have fear of job loss, sometimes people become paralyzed at the workplace and they stop doing their job because they say, you know what, it doesn't really matter anyway. I'm either going to get canned or I'm going to get laid off at some point, so I might as well milk this as long as I can do it. Mm-hmm. The other side, sometimes it puts the fear of God into people and you get higher productivity because people want to do as well as they can because they know they're not going to find a job that's as good in the marketplace or they don't want to have the, the transition, sort of that frantic pace in their life of having to look for a new job. Right. You get into some instances, and, and maybe this does apply more to the, the small business, but I guess either way, in terms of when an employer maybe is looking to, to get rid of some people for one reason or another, maybe it's performance, maybe it's just because of a, a some sort of budget crunch, what are some of the things they focus on first and foremost, maybe one or two that they would look at in terms of, okay, this is who we would possibly be getting rid of versus someone we keep? You know, most employees, and you're talking about smaller companies, a lot of times in smaller companies, you can have very undefined goals and very undefined roles, where in larger companies, you have more clearly defined goals and roles. And so you really need to ask your boss every single year and make sure they sort of go through some sort of performance management process. Okay, what are my goals and what's my role? And if you find that your boss is either really, really changing your roles or they seem to be diminishing your responsibilities or they avoid you for new projects, especially in a small company, that may be a clear sign that you could be on the chopping block. Or more importantly, 
they start to really ask you to document what you do. Like if you mm. work for an under 25 person company and you've never been asked to document your time or fill in at the end of the day everything that you got done for your boss and now you're starting to be asked to do that, that may tell you that your, your small business owner boss is on you and your job could be in danger. I mean, you touch on that as being a, a good specific example, and we'll definitely get into a little bit more of those a little later. So if you are one of these employees that maybe you have this concern or it's just something you want to be proactive in, how can you start showing right away to a company that you, know, you have a certain amount of worth or value, even even more so than, say, a person that has a similar position as you? What's really hard in a small company is that most people that are listening, you need to understand that a small business owner, a business that may do, let's say, $10 million or less in revenue, their number one focus is on driving revenue. Mm -hmm. And in any kind of job you are where your salary, you're looked at as just pure overhead for the business owner because you may not be bringing in sales. So anything that you can do that you can show your boss is a direct relation to either increasing productivity of the people that work for the company or driving top-line revenue for the company, you're going to add value. If you're there and you continue to either spend money or you do processes and you can't drive top-line revenue or bottom-line results, small business owner after a while may be thinking, do I really need this job at all? I think that's definitely a fair point. And uh, I think it's, it's something people wonder about it. How am I valued to somebody? And, and you kind of lay it out a little bit there. Let's get into maybe some of the events, so to speak, or comments that might happen in a workplace that could be some of those warning signs. Um, you know, I kind of gave you a few ideas ahead of time, but you, you can go anywhere you want with this. But the first thing I've seen a little bit about is the idea of meetings and maybe something you're not invited to or more meetings than usual. Or I guess in what way can you read into the idea of different meetings that might signal to you you're in trouble? Well, a couple things. You know, first and foremost, let's say you typically had a one-on-one -on -one meeting with your boss once a week, and the one-on-one -on -one meeting was sort of a check-in, like, hey, how you doing? How are things going in your role? What'd you get done this week? And all of a sudden, those meetings start to fall off the calendar, or they become bi-weekly, or they become monthly, and you find yourself having a much less of a direct line to the CEO or to the the senior manager in that small company, mm -hmm. that's one sure tell sign that, that you should be concerned about. I'd also say that in most small offices, small, small businesses, you may have a couple of offices, like closed offices where the bosses are, mm -hmm. and then you've got a whole bunch of cubicles. And if you find there's lots of closed door meetings and if you knock on the door, you almost see the two people jump in the room that <laughs> you were the one that knocked on the door. It might tell you that, hey, look, the bosses are talking about me and, and my um, and my situation may change. And then the last thing I'd say is if there's an immediate change in your goals. Hmm. You know, your goal was to do X, Y, and Z, and now your bosses seem to have increased your workload or given you things that, that, you know, may take you much more time to push you to see if you really want to stay there at all. And you bring up the idea of workload, and that's another thing to touch on. I guess you could look at it from different ways. I've seen things, as you said, maybe giving someone extra work to see, okay, if they keep up, maybe they really want to be here. I've seen the idea of giving them mean, meaningless work, so to speak, where it doesn't feel like it has a goal or a purpose. Is there one way or the other here that, that would indicate something is a problem? And, and even to the point there, like, how do you go about addressing that if you're the employee and you might be concerned about this? Well, on the employer side, you know, the thing is, if you start to see that you're getting work that seems totally out of the scope of the job that you got hired for, which can happen a lot in small businesses, 
or you see that uh, your job now is to basically plan the company holiday party and it used to be <laughs> that you were running processes and organizations for the company, that should give you a sign that you know maybe the company doesn't see that you're providing the value that you should to grow the company. And so on the employer side, I would look out for those those sorts of signs. So in that way, are they just, because they know at least at this point they're still paying you, they're just trying to find something for you to do that will help them because they feel you're not helping in the area you were originally hired for? Or how, I mean, what's kind of the idea there? Yeah, I mean, you could also see a heavy attitude change. I mean, look, most owners of companies will wear their emotions on their sleeve, especially small companies. Basically, large companies that have 10,000 or more employers, they don't even have a heartbeat. You know, you're just a name and a number. But the small employers, if your boss is sort of turning you a cold shoulder, you don't get thank you notes on your desk anymore, you're just, you just don't see that same level of enthusiasm on their end, that's a big sign that you need to, you need to watch out for. In your experience, does it happen often where an employer will actually come to an employee to discuss maybe a reduction or some sort of change in pay or benefits? No, I think most small business owners are wimpy by nature, to be honest with you. I think... Um, bring, in, bring in the heavy lumber today, all right. Yeah, well, you know what? Here's how it works. You know, a small business owner starts a business. They get a handful of employees. They often, because they're so focused on driving revenue, they may not always hire the right person for the right role. And roles change so quickly in a company that they may be in business for three, four, five years, then realize who they need in the job. Mm -hmm. So they may look at you, the employee, and say, you know what? I really like you. You've been here with me since the beginning. Maybe I can try to find a, a role for you. But as organizations grow, unfortunately, the, the people that are necessary to fill the roles become much more visible and you can't hide people in these sort of small utility infielder type roles. And it's hard because business owners don't want to hurt people, especially ones that help them through the trenches when everything was all messed up. Mm -hmm. But, you know, they, it, they, they eventually have to make tough business decisions and that's where you'll see their attitudes start to change. For the record, I appreciate the uh, baseball terminology there. So yeah. <laughs> utility infant. No, I, I really do. A huge baseball fan. So now, in terms of on the other end of the spectrum, they're not necessarily a pay cut, but if if there are opportunities for advancement, promotions, bonuses, that sort of thing, are those necessarily indicators that your your job might be in trouble, or is that just something that's not necessarily available in the company? I know it's an individual basis, but in general, yeah. how do you kind of view that? Well, I think it's a great question, and I think that if you work for a small business, okay, even though you have a job in the company, unlike a large business, you should get your head really geared around how, A, the company is creating revenue, mm -hmm. and then B, you should try to understand what the long-term exit strategy is for the business, i.e., is this going to be a strategic acquisition? Is this business ultimately going to franchise? Is this business going to be a family-run business? Because where you can really add value is that most owners get really excited on people that can help them drive the top line of the company and understand the long-term growth, which is much more visible to see in a small business and much more accessible to ask in a small business than it would be to work for Coca-Cola or Home Depot. Mm -hmm. So you know, the more that you can put yourself in a position to shine around the initiatives of the company that, that make a small business owner's life easier, the faster you're going to grow your pay and potentially stock in the company down the road. And you, you, know, you talk about those ideas obviously are big, and, and then there's a, a different side of it that, again, I don't know if it truly exists or if it matters, but there's this idea of buzzwords that somebody might hear in a meeting or during their evaluation that, again, could trigger something, could signal, be careful, watch out, you know, something could be happening here. 
Are there certain words or phrases that, that maybe pose big problems for a potential employee in, in terms of being on the out, so to speak? I would tell you one of the biggest things to look out for in a meeting review, if in fact your small business you work for is doing it, is to see if they start to try to manage your time. Hmm. You know, most big companies have very tight policies around vacation days, sick days, etc., and they really track them tightly. Small businesses that have 10, 20 employees, often the owner's like, oh, I don't care, take as much time as you want as long as you get your job done. Hmm. If all of a sudden in your mid-year reviews they start saying things like, well, look, you always seem to be late for work or you take more vacation than you're supposed to or you're sick more, that's a sign you have to watch out for. If they say, hey, based upon the goals I gave you, I don't think you're meeting expectations now or you seem to be falling behind other employees, those are the types of phrases or, or language that you should start to say, wow, maybe, maybe my job is in jeopardy. So with a lot of this, it, and it sure seems like it's these sudden changes or, or maybe random things that happen. Would you suggest then for an employee, if something does change quickly or it seems like it doesn't have a purpose, is it fair? Is it ethical, so to speak, to just directly ask like, hey, what's going on? Because maybe they did have a reason they didn't really tell you about it, but it could be these kind of warning signs too. Yeah, you know, there's pros and cons of doing it. The beauty about working for a small company is, yes, you can go directly ask your boss and right. say, hey, it seems like your attitude's changed. The downside of that is they could just fire you, right? <laughs> you know, in smaller companies, it's a lot easier to do that than you would, than you would deal with in, a, uh, in a, a larger company where you have a much more elongated performance management process. And so you have to determine if you're going to, let's put it this way, if you want to hold on to your job longer term, you'll let the company try and run a performance management process on you and you'll get really good at documenting. Because hmm. most small businesses are bad at documenting if you're trying to protect yourself. Right. If you really just want to kill the pain, you can walk <laughs> into a, a CEO's office of a 15-person company and say, hey, are you looking to get rid of me? I mean, is this, you know, you're not, not liking what I'm doing? And, and then you usually get a direct answer. Hmm. And, you know, some people may prefer that way and, instead of, in their mind, being strung along or, or feel like, yeah, I got to document everything and it, it may not matter in the end. So proceed with caution for anyone listening. We're not suggesting one way or the other, just kind of just laying it out there for you. No, and you know, big, big companies, I was going to say, because I ran large divisions, mm -hmm. their real catchphrase is risk mitigation, right? Every decision <laughs> that they make in a big company is around risk mitigation. So it, you know, depending upon who you are and where you fall in the ranks, you know, your performance management process could take, you know, nine months or 12 months. Uh, and that's why sometimes if you work for a big company, you're like, I can't believe it's taken them forever to get rid of this person. That's right. The cost of getting rid of them that way versus the cost of a lawsuit is a lot less. Hmm. Now, we talk about all these warning signs, so to speak, and maybe an employee really does feel like, you know, they are in trouble. Is there a way to quickly improve one stock or are you kind of already on, on a bad path if you're seeing these things? I mean, I know you talk about documenting things and whatnot, but is there a quick a quick way to just maybe get yourself out of the, the depth, so to speak? You mean for a small business? Yeah, I, th I think that's probably more so what we're talking about in this case. Okay. In, in a small business, if there's a personality clash, you're doomed. Because hmm. in large organization, personalities matter, but not as much. Okay. In smaller companies, if you've got a boss and he, he or she truly – starts to develop a genuine dislike for you as a person, you're, you're not going to have much of a prayer. If it's really not a dislike for you, but they feel like what you do at work isn't really driving the mission of the company or, or revenue for the company, then I would quickly try to get my behavior around the key initiatives of the company. Hmm. You know, whether or not you like them is irrelevant. If you want to keep your job, get around the initiatives of the company to help drive 
drive business. Sure. A lot of the stuff we've been talking about centers mainly on, you know, a performance idea or maybe individuals that are on the chopping block, so to speak. But, you know, there are factors within a business, especially when it comes to finances that aren't really in someone's control and that layoffs are, are coming possibly and maybe you need to start planning. So from that perspective, what sort of things would an employee look at from the company that would indicate there are financial issues or, you know, people are going to have to be let go? And I throw out things like, holiday parties, fun lunches, like different kind of fun activities. If those go away, I mean, does that is that a telling sign that something's up? Yeah, I mean, if they were there to begin with and this year the company isn't throwing a holiday party or the annual summer picnic you used to have or once a month they took the office bowling or out for cocktails, <laughs> if that all goes away, that's a problem. The bigger problem is if your company had let's say 5,000 feet of uh, square feet in an office building, Mm -hmm. and now you've seen them shrunk down to 3,000, they tell you, well, we're just trying to become more efficient. (laughs) That probably isn't the case. Um, You know, there's probably cost items there. If you see them starting to do things like put copier codes on, like we want to manage how much, you know, copies you make, or you start to see tighter policies around expense management. Right. Those are the kinds of things that likely tell you that either A, the company's in trouble, or if it's a larger, smaller business, they may be trying to get their books in order for a potential merger, acquisition, or sale. Which, I mean, in that case as well, I would think people should be concerned, especially if there's a change of management or, or not. I mean, that, that's got to be a big factor, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, this is why, you know, in a small business, one of the things I think that's fair to ask a CEO, even a person like myself that runs a company, is, well, what's the objective of the company? Is it your objective to have this business until you retire or are you going to bring your kids in it or are you looking to build the business so somebody gobbles you up or are you going to be gobbling people up because it's your career right in b- bigger companies there's much more defined career paths and you know even though there might be mergers and acquisitions you just have a a, a much larger canvas to paint on than you would in a small company and again i know this is so general and it's difficult at times to, to maybe put a an actual assessment to it, but if you're talking a, a large company corporation versus a, a smaller business, is there one side or the other that an employee gets a better read on on maybe their their job status, so to speak? Oh no, I mean, it, 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 look, if you work for a big company, and I'll use a, another sports analogy, you can basically see uh, that the quarterback is going to drop back and basically throw a bomb. I mean, <laughs> it's not like it's not like unless you did something totally unethical or you did something that was completely out of the realm of HR, i.e., you know, did something physically to somebody, getting removed from a job, you will have a period in a process to know that it's coming. Mm -hmm. In a small company that has nine people, your boss could walk in and say, and say, you're fired. You know, it's that simple. Right. You know, so, you know, you really have to, that's why I said a small company keep your, your ear to the ground about what's going on in the company and the direction and the signs will be in front of you. Whereas in a bigger company, it's unlikely. If you didn't see it coming, I mean, you you probably, it's your fault. Yeah, I mean, it totally makes sense. As you talked about, you, you with the bigger companies, you have more lines to go through and whatnot. So you should see, uh, you know, it should be kind of laid out for you in a certain way. Another term or, you know, kind of the buzzword idea if there's talk of a hiring freeze or that they're holding off bringing any new employees in, does that indicate that that probably means they want to get rid of some people as well? Um, not necessarily. I mean, you know, certainly 
you know, again, this is really uh, if generally small companies. You're not going to have hiring freezes, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it's either they either are making money and growing, or they're not. In bigger companies, those hiring freezes may really be around strategically making sure they can meet earnings for for Wall Street. So it doesn't necessarily mean there's going to be layoffs, but you really need to pay attention to those analyst calls and see what the company is telling Wall Street because that freeze means they're generally trying to manage their expense load so they can get the stock price to grow, hmm. which which is really how you got to think about it. in a big company. What's not different than a small company is all the big money that's made by the CEOs and your executive vice presidents around stock price. It's where all their compensation is tied. Mm -hmm. Now, if you see a hiring freeze and stock price continues to stay flat or earnings aren't going up, then yeah, you, it's a good likelihood there's going to be layoffs. Now, have you come across any situations where maybe there there was a, f a formal warning of some kind to an employee that said, you know, you're most likely going to get laid off or, or the writing's on the wall in terms of getting fired and, and they actually get a chance to sell themselves, to, to show their worth, to prove their value? Does that happen? Or would that even seem fair or ethical in your mind? I mean, usually not when they're getting fired, but you know, what ends up happening is that if a company gives you a written warning and it's for 90 days and then you know, your boss moves you to a final warning. It may be in that final warning process where you have a dialogue with your boss that says, look, it feels to me like you're going to take me out. Let me just tell you, you know, why that's a bad idea and what I can do for the company. And I understand my performance is not where it was before, mm -hmm. but give me the time to improve myself and my job because I've been here for 13 years and I can continue to produce like I have for all the years I've been with the company and really think about what the cost to replace me is going to be, the cost for hiring, training, et cetera. And sometimes you can have a dialogue around that, but not usually at the point you're getting fired. Okay. It's not like say you're going to get fired and you're like, no, please don't. Let me tell you why. <laughs> it's unlikely that's going to happen. Sure. I mean, so, I mean, the, the scenario you kind of laid out, though, to, in that sort of selling yourself maybe in this you know, a layoff situation or whatever, I mean, you have seen that, heard that, experienced that type of thing? I mean, I've done it. Okay. I mean, I've, I've had to fire many people in my career. Mm -hmm. And I've had to put people on warnings, and so I've had people try to do that. Now, I will tell you in a small company, I think you could do that. So if your boss said, 10-person company, you're fired, what you'd have to resort to is moving yourself to a revenue position. So if you said, oh, well, I know that you can't afford this operations job for $50,000 anymore, but I would be willing to take a pay reduction to 30000 and I'll start selling the services or products for the company and I'll make some money via commission or fees or bonuses or however, you might be able to reasonably talk to your boss because now you've created an alternative solution, whereas in a big company, you aren't going to be able to do that. Unfortunately, there are going to be times where, you know, as we talked about, there's a layoff that's imminent or, you know, you get those warnings that, that you're essentially going to be fired. How would you advise someone in that situation to proceed in terms of maybe preparing to leave or or having integrity at work? Because obviously we're still dealing with humans and the emotional kind of aspect plays into it. But, you know, you hear the whole thing. You don't want to burn bridges. You want to make sure you still have those relationships. So what's what's the best way to proceed as an employee if you're in that kind of Im imminent situation? When you know that the situation is imminent, you really at that time, your boss is most likely to open up and be honest. And you ought to tell them that, look, you know, there's no hard feelings, even if you have them. <laughs> and uh, you really should try to maximize everything you can from the benefits packages and the other things that are available to you as an employee while you're still at the employer. Mm -hmm. You ought to take advantage of every resource that you can within the company. 
and ask your boss or those around you if they'd be willing to help you because often you know it's not a personal thing in those large organizations and if it isn't usually those people will be reasonably friendly and being able to help you because they know what the course is going to look like after you're gone so i would I would try and do, you know, what expectations they have. Sometimes bosses will be flexible and say, look, you don't have to work 40 hours a week. Give me 20 hours a week. I realize you have a family to support. And, and they're, they'd be more flexible than you think they will. You know, and we're getting a little low on time here. I did want to ask you this just as a summary, so to speak. But there are people out there, obviously, that are looking over their shoulder or they have this concern that something's going to happen to them, whether it be because of just, the general economic status or because of their own individual place of employment, what would be your general advice to those people that have those worries in the back of their mind or, or like I said, even looking over their shoulder and in, in almost in fear? Let me give you, I'll give you again, small company, big company, because mm-hmm. I've been on both sides of it. If you're in a big company, you really ought to have two objectives and I wouldn't worry about the rest. Whatever goals you're given from the company, either exceed expectations or far exceed expectations. As long as you're a top performer against your goals, even if there is consolidation, you won't be taken out. And two is make your boss look good. Whether or not you like them or you don't like them is irrelevant. If you make your boss look good and you exceed your goals, and as long as you're a reasonably good Samaritan, you're going to be you're going to be in great shape. If you fight the system, if you think you're going to change the system in a big company, you're eventually going to become a wart and you're going to get removed. In a smaller company, I would get very clear on what the company is doing and what they need to be done to focus on driving top-line revenue. Smaller companies that have five, six, 15 employees, their main focus is thinking about creating top-line revenue. Mm -hmm. And if you can focus your energies on knowing that what you do within the company is making a difference in driving that versus you have a job and you're just doing that job, you're going to be much more valuable to the owner. Realize, again, you may be playing more of a utility infielder. There may be less clarity about your roles. Don't complain about that. Do what you need to do to help the, the boss of the company drive top-line revenue, and you'll be, you'll be in good shape. Well, and I think that's the, uh, the perfect punctuation to this show. So with that, we will bring this episode to a close here on Moving Up the Ladder. Now you definitely have an idea of what things to keep an eye on in terms of job security and hopefully some ideas also on how to make sure you aren't on the chopping block. Ted Jenkin, co-CEO of Financial Oxygen, has been our expert guest sharing his knowledge in this area. Ted, how can people learn more about you and your company? Yeah, if you want to hit our website, you can go to oxygenfinancial.net or I write a uh, nationally ranked personal finance column at yoursmartmoneymoves.com and uh, check it out. Great. Well, thanks again for joining us today. Thank you. And of course, it's always good to hear from you, our listeners, so please drop us an email with comments or suggestions at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. Wishing you success in all your endeavors. I'm Tim Muma. You've been listening to localjobnetwork.com radio.